Okay, so I just wanted to come out here and talk about what some a few things I've realized. So I've realized that most of the words I'm getting from God, though hard, are just very true. And a lot of times I am holding back from fully believing them because I feel like you know, they are hard. They're hard to, like, accept, like, the re- the reality and the realness of a lot of these visions are just hard to accept. And that's usually why I'm not accepting them, even though they're true. And at first, you know, I was, it wasn't even about the people because I was giving, I was like, it was, I was giving other people more of a benefit of the doubt than I was even giving myself. It was harder to accept for myself the truth about myself than it was for me to accept with other people. So one thing I realized though is that it's complicated because with that, I'm realizing that a lot of different times when it was a truth about myself, I woke up like, wait, but that's just, even though it seems like it's like me, even though that even sounds like or seems like something I might have probably did or could have done, excuse me, like, even though it might seem like it's my MO, which means main option, like, that's not, it's just simply not me. It's simply not me. That's not me. I didn't do that. And, you know, I don't know. It's so funny. It's funny. And it's it's also a little interesting because the devil is so crafty. And he'll have studied you so well that he can imitate something you might have done. And it'll be just like a million times worse. But you'll even be questioning like, wait, was it me? Did I do that? Like, I know I didn't do that. But, like, did I? Because, like, you know, it almost go back to, like, those really, really weird, you know, movies where it's, like, their clone shows up and they looking at them like, wait, are you me? But they just evil. And, you like, and everybody's like, that's you. You did that. I know you would do that because this is something you would do. Or this is how you act. And I always knew you really felt this way and all kinds of stuff. And it's like, no, but that's not me. And it's not like that deep, though. Like, even if I ever express any type of issue or concern about something or you may, I may have helped, felt some way, it never went that far in my mind. It never got that deep. Or even if I ever considered it, I would never do that. I would never do that. And that's how Satan works. Like, he's like, you know see that thing I can never get you to do but I was able to you know plant a seed in your mind to make you question yourself whether you would ever do it or not I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna pretend to be you and I'm gonna frame you for it and everybody's gonna believe me because I've already been planting little seeds and they're already suspicious of whether you would do something like that and so now you like it's too late now i'm it, like this is the perfect master plan you're not gonna be able to get around it and 
to be quite honest, you almost can't get around it because people will believe it. Like, why wouldn't they? He's been planting seeds for however long to get people to believe this is something you would do or this is the kind of person that you are or this is reflective of your personality and your character. And then he goes and he does it because you want to you won't, you know, bow down to him or accept his authority over God's. And then people are believing it because not only does it look like something you would do after all of that coercing and coercion. Also, he has an influence on them as well. And they would say people will say the devil don't have no influence on me. I'm God's child. But what you understand is if you've ever made any mistake in your life ever, meaning you're not perfect. He has an influence on you. So anybody. So with that being said, yes, he also is convincing you that it's true as well. He's behind you. He's behind me. And he's the and he's in the middle. And he's just stirring up trouble from every angle. But this is why I love God so much, because no matter how you know, foolproof the devil think his plan is. And no matter how, you know, no matter how well he think he did it or no matter how impossible it seems to get out of this or matter, no matter how impossible it seems for the truth to be revealed, because even you almost believe it. You almost want to believe it. Or even to some extent, in certain circumstances, you have believed it yourself. He, he lied so good, you believed you did it and you didn't even do it. So now you take your credit for stuff you haven't even done, but you just believe that it's you. And he's that good, you know, or that bad. And that's when God comes and shows you who you are. He reveals to you who you really are, like in your heart. For me, it was always a battle. It was always a battle where I'm like, I know that's not me. I know I don't do stuff like that. I know that I may have done it or I may have thought about doing it or I may have, you know, been in a situation or some type of somewhere involved in it. But that's not me. I know me. I know me. And for so long, I've known that. But I've just been battling that. And I've been depressed because I feel like, you know, don't nobody believe me anyway, so I might as well just be whoever they think I am. Whatever. It don't matter. What do it matter? If I'm going to be framed, if it's going to look like I did it, if, you know, at the end of the day, everybody's going to believe I did it, even though I didn't, then why not just walk in that? I might as well just embrace what I didn't do. Because at this point, it's no point of wasting and overexerting energy trying to prove to you I didn't do something that I know I didn't do. But even to this point, I can't even convince myself I didn't do it. That's how, you know, that's how bad I've been framed. That's how, that's the extent it goes to. So what's the point? Like, you can't fight that. You can't fight that. Like, you can, but you can't. You know what I'm saying? Like, you at, to, some, to some extent, you just have to take your hands off of it and say, you know, whatever. Whatever, because you working so hard around the clock to see this outcome. And, you know, glory be to God, it's not, you know, in, if, if it be God will, whatever happens is what happens. If God wants that to turn out to be whatever happens, maybe it's a learning lesson. Or if that's not what's meant to happen, then everything will work out for my good. I know that for a fact. So for so long, for years, I was blaming myself. I, I was two different people. 
one one side of me was knowing this is not me this is not how i am this is not the things that i do this is not reflective of myself i know who i am and at least i have that even if nobody else believes me at least i know at least god knows and that was my happy place like I at least I know, you know, at the end of the day, I'm never going to get that validation from other people. I'm never going to get that validation of the world. I'm never going to get that confirmation. I may not ever find somebody who ever truly understands, but I just have to be okay with the fact that God know and I know. That's it. Straight like that. That's it. And that's my happy place. But then, you know, there was this other this other me that was like, okay, well, if you think I did it and if you think this who I am, why not, you know? I wouldn't go too far, but I'm like, you know, why not do this too? Why not do that too? You know, because you already feel like I'm this person. I didn't do that. I'm not that person, but you don't care anyways. Well, it's not that you don't care, but you're convinced or it just looks like that. And I can't even really blame you because somebody working around the clock to make me look like this and make you look like that. You know, can you blame anybody for looking like that? They would have to work around the clock to not look like that. And by then... You know, why should you have to do that if you're really not that person? You should just be you. And that's working around the clock to not look like that. So it's frustrating. But that's how the devil works. And I just noticed he's so conniving. Like, I remember my trial in heaven and how he works. Like, okay, so let me give you an example of something. So I stole when I was a child. He'd be like, you know... She still to keep food out of homeless people's mouths, out of out of hungry children's mouth. She caused starving deaths from stealing. You know, and he's going as far as he can possibly go. She did it on purpose. She was thinking about all the children who were starved to death when she stole. That's her. That's her character. That's who she is. He's going very far when in reality he's knowing. I'm thinking like, you know. Man, I know I'm wrong for stealing this candy bar, but, you know, I don't know. Let me just steal this candy bar. I don't know. I I was thinking different times, different things at different times. Sometimes I was thinking, like, I'm starving. You know, it depends, but it's like at the same time, it's never what he makes it out to be. It's never the extent he tries to sell it. Like, and he's trying to prosecute you for something extremely massive something so much more than anything you'd ever do or have ever done and you know i want to say be a dummy and go ahead and let him because it's like god's not gonna let him god's not gonna let him you know god knows what he's doing that's what's so amazing because god saw everything and in the midst of the devil you know making all these accusations putting up all these false accusations false you know, making all these false accusations and accusing me of all these different things. Here are the angels, the perfect witnesses, because they were there the whole time. They saw him when he plotted it. They saw him when he planned it. And they saw you when you were deceived. They saw what you were thinking and they saw what led to, you know, the actions that you chose. Even if you participated in a a portion or a part of it, they saw the whole thing. Then there's God, who is the ultimate just judge, who's going to judge you righteously and perfectly. And not only that, he's going to show you so much more mercy and grace than what you deserve based off of what you actually did. Not based off of all the stuff he's talking about, because that's already out the window. Anyways, nobody even really listens to him. He's just there for, you know, 
I think for you to see who he is and to kind of see who God is and to kind of see what part he plays in the whole thing, because he doesn't really play much of a part. And if anything, he is, you know, an example. He's an example. Like, this is why we don't sin. This is why you don't, you know, listen to him. This is why he's never your friend. This is why there's nothing he can offer you. This is why God is always trying to tell you to choose him. This is why, you know, when God's trying to do something for you and trying to point you in the right direction, you don't say, God just is, God is the prideful one. God is the arrogant one. God is the one who wants all the attention. Why is he always trying to show his power? You know, why would God do this? Why would God do that if he's really a good God? You know, and it's all these different things that you think about God, right? And the fact of the matter is, when it comes down to it, it's all for your good. It's all for you. It's really all for you. And the devil is there as an example of that. Because look at what he does. He'll come to you and say, listen, nobody understands you. I understand you. You're suffering. You didn't do that. That's not you. And he's the one who made it look like it was you. He's like, they don't understand you. So here, just do this. Just take this drug. It'll make you feel better. Because it's not like nothing else is working out for you anyways. And the whole time, he's the one framing you, setting you up, accusing you, putting you in all these different messed up circumstances and having everybody turn, turning everyone against you to put you in this position to take this drug. Then he's like, take this drug. I'm, not, I'm your only friend. Trust me, I care about you. Then next thing you know, you seeing him on Judgment Day. And he's talking about this person is a drug addict. They did it for their own selfish desires, for their own selfish reasons. And it's funny because it's like, wow, you know, who's going to, you know, who's going to tell my side of the story? And then here's the angels. No, first of all, you convinced them, you tricked them. You, you know, caught them at a very low place when they were very vulnerable and enticed them into taking that drug. It's all because of you. And then the angels will expose things you didn't even know. Like, and actually, their whole life going down the drain and leading to them taking, their, taking that drug, it was all you. You set that all up. You did it the whole time. You planned to kill them. And you didn't even know that part. You thought that was you. Even though you knew nobody understood you. Even though you felt misunderstood and abandoned. And you said, where's God? And the whole time the devil meant to kill you before you even got to the drug. God saved your life. The devil just never stops. He never quits. But it doesn't matter because the, the best part about it all is that he's just there as an example. He's just there for you to see the kind of person he is. He's just there to see for you to see who he is and for you to see who God is. And then God is like, you know, you're going to have your chance to talk. Even though while the devil was sitting up here making up all these lies and accusations and pushing everything to the max, you just want to be like, you're a liar. No, you no, I didn't. You know what you did, you know, and the God is like, just calm down. It's okay. You're going to get your chance to talk. Then when you get your chance to talk, you're like, God, I didn't do that. And God is like, yes, I know you didn't do that. I'm judging you based off what you did do. 
Because what you did do was still sin when you knew better. Regardless. And the thing about it is, I'm going to show you so much mercy and so much grace that you're not even going to, you know, like you're not going to get what you should get for that. For what you did do. You're not even going to get what you should get for what you did do. You're being forgiven. You know, not only that, you know, you're being restored. And you're like, thank you, God, you're so gracious. And he's like, ah, 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 not so fast. Because the fact of the matter is you did do it. And this is something that you need to learn from. You need to understand that regardless of what he says, regardless of what's going on around you, anything I tell you, because do you remember right before you did that? I was there trying to turn you away from it. I was there trying to help you. But he convinced you that I didn't care about you. He convinced you that I was just, you know, only showing up when it was convenient for me. Or that it was for me and not for you. So you need to listen to me. Take this as a learning lesson. He's never for you. He's always against you. I'm always for you and I'm never against you. He's an example. This is, you know... This is important for you to know because the funny thing about it, the reason why I felt like that was so, the reason why I felt like that was so relevant is because of the fact that, you know, I was so quick to say, thank you, God. I knew you knew me. I knew you knew me. And he's just like, yes, you know, but still you need to listen to me the first time so you can avoid things like this. Even though he did all of that, even though he's lying, even though he set all that up. You need to be able to resist things like that. And not only do you have to resist things like that, just listen to me. Because even when you can't resist things like that, I'm always offering you a way out of those situations. You just need to hear me. You just need to listen. You just need to, you know, hear me when I call you. Answer my call. Do what I tell you. Stop listening to other people. You know, stick it out. Because at the end of the day, what would have happened if you hadn't, you know, went down that road is he would have been exposed anyway and everything would have been restored and everything would have worked out for you anyways, just without all of the extra hurt, pain and struggle. And the thing about it is we get better situations. Everything always works out for our good. Trouble, trouble never lasts. But the one thing that never goes away is, you know, the fact that you know, you had to go through that. You don't forget what you've gone through. You don't forget. Yes, everything works out. Like for Job. Yes, he got a new family. He got a new, you know, farm. He got everything restored 10 times over. But that doesn't mean he doesn't remember his old family that was murdered. He's very appreciative of what, he's ha what he has. Don't I really don't want to be. I don't want to let the devil try to tw twist this up or make anybody see it differently. What I'm trying to say is. You will remember the pain you've gone through. You will remember the pain you've gone through. That couldn't have been helped with Job. But just that's just an example of the fact that, you know, the pain you will remember. You will remember it. A lot of times you need to use it to make you stronger. A lot of times you need to use it to make your, you know, make you make better decisions. And as a learning experience. But the pain you do remember but the fact of the matter is, if it can be avoided, that's less pain to have to remember. So it's not that God doesn't have a plan for your life. It's just that he wants you to have the best possible outcome. Without all of the extra. 
You know, if the devil's going to trip you and he can keep you from being tripped and falling on your face, why would you think he wouldn't want to save you from that? Or would he just say, oh, just let him trip you because when you get up, you're going to be stronger. Maybe. <laughs> Honestly, maybe, but no. God wants to help you. God wants to see you in a better position. God wants you to be bigger and better. But at, ultimately, if you are tripped, he knows that it will work out for his good anyways. He always has a plan for you. The devil can never outsmart God. He is not, you know, he is not bigger than God. He's not greater than God. And the way I saw him is like he's he's on the level of the angels, but he's almost lesser than the angels you know he's not even on god's level like when i was in this courtroom you need to understand god sat in in the throne as the judge and the devil sat to my right jesus actually was inside of me he was in my heart and my lawyer but he was also on the left hand of god and the angels were on the right and the devil sat to my right it's like he was a prosecuting attorney and he was like nobody cares what he really says i'm gonna say they don't care like it's hard to explain like it matters to a certain extent but it does not matter like what he says the accusations he make everybody's like uh whatever he's all he does is like he just he just accuses people he just lies he just you know he's always just up to something like it's not you know, it's not that they don't see it as a big deal. It's just that, you know, you know, if it's somebody who, you know, now I want to compare this to people because people, you know, make mistakes. You know, people are misunderstood. He knows what he's doing. He knows who God is. So he, it's just like he's that one, you know, force that's just always wicked. That's just always up to something. That's just always evil that you could just never trust. And you just know that. It's not underestimating it or overestimating it. It's just knowing. And that's what it was. It was understanding. And I love Jesus because Jesus, you know, he's just so patient. He's so patient. He's so loving. And he's so understanding. Where he's just like, you know, wait. You know, wait. You know, because God, even though he's judging you righteously, he's judging you perfectly. Jesus is still able to intercede for you. And, you know, help you to be understood just a little teensy bit better you think that god understands all there is and he does but jesus still is able to make sure not even you know i want to say not even a slither of it is overlooked because nothing is overlooked with god but more so just that your feelings are being considered that you're being understood and that you know even though you did do that what's being understood is how hard it is to resist temptation especially when you're at your lowest or even when you're at your highest just period as a person it's just hard to resist temptation so just him helping you to understand that excuse me helping god to understand you better the forgiveness aspect jesus is very 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 vital very vital he's vital for each and every single last one of our salvation and survival without him 
like God is perfect in his judgments. He would not be wrong in anything that he did, but we just would have less of a chance. He's perfect, he's merciful, and he's gracious. So you might say, well, how come we need Jesus so much if God is so perfect and merciful and gracious? Because we are so wrong. We are super wrong all the time. We need to understand that. A lot of times we like to put ourselves, you know, as more than what we are. We are wrong all the time. That's why we still need Jesus. Not just because of that, but, you know, just because he's so great. (laughs) He's just so great. But the love that Jesus has for us is mending and it's is somehow like it somehow eliminates and obliterates the middleman which is the devil it's easier to obliterate and uh, eliminate him in the situation with jesus matter of fact it's not easier it's made possible so you know one thing i realized excuse me is that Yes, you know, the frustrating part to a lot of people is why the devil even has why the devil even has a position anywhere. How can he even how is he even allowed to play a part in anything? He shouldn't even exist. Evil shouldn't exist. All this bad stuff shouldn't exist. But the fact of the matter is that everything is there for a reason. Everything is necessary. So with that being said, you know, if he's there, one thing I'm coming to terms with and kind of finding out and realizing more as I grow and as I go on is that the reason that he's there is to show God's power. So you know who God is. He's there so that as an example of who God is all the time, no matter the circumstance, no matter who you are of what you've done. Because there's a lot of people who are like, but I've done this, and I've done that. And like, you know, matter of fact, I don't even want to be forgiven for it. I don't feel bad, you know. And God still understands you and still loves you anyways. He loves you. He still loves you. Granted, you are going to need to repent. You do have to repent for what you've done. But I think a misconception is a lot of times when you repent, it means you, you know, feel bad for what you've done, you know, or you regret doing it. And, you know, repenting doesn't always mean you feel bad for what you did or you regret doing it. You know, because you cannot feel bad for something you've done, but you can repent for it. Meaning, you know, I repent that, you know, like I don't feel bad for what I've done, but moving forward, I know I was wrong. And I want to do better and I want to, you know, work hard and not do that again. But I still don't feel bad for what I did. You don't have to feel bad for it. You don't have to. I mean, a contrite heart is necessary. Which means, you know, what that just means repentant. But a lot of times people don't even feel bad for what they've done. And I don't want to encourage anybody to, you know, do stuff and don't feel bad for it because that's the devil. But I'm just saying, like, if you're ever in a place where you're like, how do I repent when I don't feel bad for what I did? You know, 
well, how do you repent if you don't feel like you were wrong? That's probably a harder question. How do you repent when you don't feel like you were wrong for what you did? Well, you repent anyways, and then God will help you get to the understanding of how and why you were wrong. Because the one thing I that the Lord taught me I had to do and I've learned to do was ask for forgiveness for things I didn't know I even know I needed to be forgiven for. I remember I would get better and better and better. And then a day would come by where I felt like I didn't do anything wrong today. I didn't do nothing wrong today. Today was a good day. I've been working hard. I've been building up to this day. And I don't need forgiveness today. And I would go to God and God would say, ask for forgiveness and repent. And I would say, well, God, I don't need forgiveness. I don't need forgiveness today. What do I have to repent for? And he would say, you need to ask for forgiveness and repent for things, even things you don't even know you're doing wrong. For what you do know and what you don't. So what you do know, call it out. And what you don't know, ask for forgiveness and repent for that anyways. Because you'll find out later. A lot of these things, they are, you know, embedded in us. They are instilled in us. We've been raised like this. This society teaches us that certain things are just okay. Certain things, there's nothing wrong with certain things. And it's just normal. And it's not. So a lot of times you don't even know you're wrong. That's another thing that was brought up at the trial. Certain things that you were doing every day, you didn't even know you was wrong. You thought it was normal. You thought there was nothing wrong with it. Like you might say, well, what could possibly be that? Not the simple stuff, not the easy stuff that you could guess, but I don't know, eating. How am I wrong for eating? Well, you should have been fasting. So, and that's just a simple answer. But it was just a lot of different things brought up that I can't all the way remember everything right now. But I just know that the witnesses, the angels, they were the perfect witnesses. Like the perfect witnesses. They they chimed in at the perfect time, nothing more and nothing less. God is the perfect judge. The perfect, ultimate, just judge. Merciful and gracious. And he, is, he knows everything. You trust that he won't skip a beat. He won't skip anything. He won't miss a thing. And then Jesus is the perfect lawyer. He is the perfect lawyer. And the perfect friend. And the perfect confidant. And the perfect guide. And the perfect everything. Because not only is he, you know, defending you. And getting you lesser, lesser than less. So God is already merciful and gracious with what he's serving you. And Jesus is like, can we get them some more? Like more grace. Like when you already got a slap on the wrist. And then like now they're giving you money. So God, Jesus is that great. And then Satan, he's made irrelevant. Well, I won't say irrelevant. That's the wrong choice of words. He's just made Mm, powerless he's made powerless and you have to understand like i think the main thing that we need to focus on is that just because he's here and he has a power doesn't mean he has the power the ultimate power so i don't i never understood the debate between satan and god but i obviously that's him deceiving people and that's what he does if there is even one because there's never been one for me but you know i hope that i can encourage somebody with this message because 
Jesus is like he's your he's your lawyer. Like and I thought this trial was perfect. This trial is so perfect. And I thought I knew it was perfect. It was perfect. This trial was so perfect. And personally, I loved the fact that I had a lawyer who was 100% for me. Like, I know. I've grown up in the hood. I have grown up poor. So, like, we get public defenders. We can't afford good lawyers. And you don't even have to afford this one. He's free. And he's for you 100%. He's working on your behalf way harder than any lawyer paid at the highest amount will ever work for anybody. He's the best lawyer you could ever get in your life. And you don't even have to afford him. He's just for you. And then you have the perfect judge who isn't swayed by any type of wickedness, evil, or selfishness. He's just perfect. He's just, he's merciful, he's gracious, and he's for you too. He wants you to win. And then, of course, oh, and also you have the perfect witnesses. But you know what? I remember I almost said thank you to the witnesses, to, to the angels. And they were like, listen, don't thank us. This is for the glory of God. Thank God. Because it almost felt like, you know what? We feel like you're a little more wrong. So don't thank us. But honestly, no, they were they were for me. They were definitely for me. But, you know, no, they were for God. I'm sorry. They were for God. <laughs> they were for God. But the angels are great. They're awesome. I hope I don't ever, you know, make it feel make it seem like, you know, the angels are not our friends. They're not for us or anything. Because the fact of the matter is they are for God. They really are. And I don't want to say anything more. They're for God. But... You know, I remember thanking them and I'm saying, give all the glory to God. Because God is a jealous God. And we tend to want to give all the credit to everything else. Like, I don't know if we do that on purpose. But we just, like, we look at things and we say, thank you. We look at things and we say, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for this. And I'm so, you know, blessed to have this. And it's all God. It's all Him. Like, for example, let's say... You got a raise. And you're thankful that your boss saw your work ethic. No, it's God. Let's say, you know, you got a Christmas gift that you really loved. And you're just grateful that somebody knew you well enough to get something so perfect. No, it's God. All glory be to God. All of it. So even when I wanted to thank the, the angels for being perfect witnesses, all that gratefulness, gratitude, and thankfulness goes to God. That's what they said. That's all they had to say. Besides, uh, you know, witnessing. But then there's Satan. Because, of course, there's always a prosecutor when you're in court. And trust me, he's the worst, prosec- he's the worst prosecutor you've, you would ever see, you would ever experience, you would ever encounter in the world. And that's not nothing to look up to because anybody who's like, yeah, oh my gosh, I love that. Wait until it's your trial and it's your judgment day. See how much you love it by then. Because you need to understand what the punishment is. It's hell. And he wants you to go to the worst hell you can possibly be in. There are levels. So while you're sitting up here thinking, oh my gosh, Satan is so cool. You need to understand he would be 
a prosecutor for you as well. And he would love to see you get tortured and tormented and suffer a million times more than you would ever deserve. And it's all fun and games until you're faced with the reality of that. People play too much. This is not cute. It's not cute. And I hate to have to keep saying that. You know, like, he's not for you. He's just not for you. Don't you get he's not for you. He's not cool. There's nothing cool about him. And he don't care that you think he's cool. He still wants you to suffer. He's not your friend. So, you know, a lot of times I can't lie because I'm so human and I'm just not as understanding. I don't see the bigger picture and as patient as God is. A lot of times I want people to be in that position and see how serious that is because they need that wake up call. Like, do you understand? Do you understand he's not for you? Do you understand the type of hell he's actually, you know, trying to get you to have and get? And hell is for eternity. It's not a trial run. It's not, you know, a couple years and you're out like jail here. Or even if you spend your whole life here, that's still not as long as you'll be spending in eternity in hell. So, you know, I don't I like I don't like to put my opinion on that because I honestly, obviously I'm not perfect. So somebody could say, I want you to get a wake up call on this and that and da da da. I'm sure, you know, just like I want you to get the wake up call. I'm sure you want me to get wake up call too, whatever. But it's important that you know he's not for you. Regardless. That's a fact. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. That's actually true. He's not for you. He will tell you to your face he's not for you. He just won't tell you if he feel like it'll benefit from him lying about it. So, you know, I realize it's going to take, you know, it will take that move of God for certain people to get there. And, I'm, you know, I'm not rushing it. I'm not, you know, listen, trust me. I'm not the one who's like, you know, I need you to get, you know, what you deserve. I need you to get it now. No, it's not that. It's like, I just... Like I feel, I feel it necessary. Like God didn't bring me to that trial. Let me see who Satan was for no reason. I've already known Satan was for me. I already did not, you know, choose him. I don't already don't choose Satan. Period. So God still showed me the extent of him. That was still necessary for me to know was still eye opening. Because although I never chose Satan, I never, you know, was for him. I was always for God, regardless. What I realized is I still underestimate the extent and the severity of his character. He's not for me at all. No, no way. Not like not at all. He's just not good at all. He's the worst. So even if you wanted to question like, well, does Satan have any, you know, valid? Is it any reason or any validity behind his actions or anything that he does? If you've ever questioned whether God was ever wrong, that is confirmation. God is never wrong. Satan is always wrong. Always. So, 
it's very it was necessary for me to see that even though I wouldn't choose Satan on my worst day. So imagine the people who are choosing him on their best days. This is necessary. You know, and also taking all the attention off of him because I'm sure he loves it. Let's talk about God. God, like he deserves all the, the attention. He deserves all the glory. He deserves all of the honor and all the praise. He deserves all of it. He truly, truly, truly does. Like when it comes down to talking about God, and if you never get to talk about anything else or anybody else, that is sufficient. That's what it should be like. Because he's so great. Like, you could never glorify him enough. The whole world could glorify him to their fullest extent. And, and it still wouldn't be enough. You have to understand the God we serve. He's so great. And it's so far beyond our, our human understanding. Because we are not capable of loving like he loves. He loves the whole world so much more than we could ever comprehend. And he's for us. Despite our mistakes. He's just for us. I love that about him. And if anything, you know, I don't care if somebody doesn't like me, if they hate me, or if they're still going to persecute me, or if they're still going to be against me. I'm their enemy, sworn enemy, whatever. they still going to try their best to hurt me every single day. Whatever. I still want you to, you know, experience God's grace and mercy because, and you will. Like, I'm not in control of that. But I still just want you to experience that. That's just what I want for you regardless. Because we all deserve that. We really do all deserve it, and we all don't at the same time. We're all worthy, and we're all not. So, it's just so, it's refreshing. It's so refreshing to have a God, you know, that, you know, we can serve, that we're blessed enough to serve, that we're honored enough to serve, that we are, you know, like, you're just blessed. You're blessed to even be able to worship him at his feet. A God that's for you. And we have the audacity. Some of us have the audacity to say, why do I have to give God all the credit? I did all the work. I did this. I, I suffered. I struggled. I, you know, blood, sweat, and tears. My blood, sweat, and tears, I put into this. Why do God get all the credit? Like, if you understood how much credit he truly deserves. Like, is there any way to take back everything you said and go 100% the other way? Because that's what you should have done. That, like, that's what you'd be ready to do. So, I don't know. I just realized, you know, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for God. I'm so grateful for him. I'm so grateful for the Lord. I'm so grateful for the Lord's forgiveness and his grace and his mercy. Because, yes, acknowledge Jesus, too. We're not just going to forget that Jesus is everything. For not only wanting to see us at our best, you know, defending us from our hearts and in the best way possible. And still softening God's heart even more. Even though he's already merciful and gracious. Like Jesus is perfect. 
and I'm honored. I'm completely honored. So, I don't know. I hope I can encourage somebody. Like, I, I really feel like it's all, you just need, you know, you really, I heard somebody say this, but you just need vitamin Jesus. You just need prescription Jesus. That's all anybody ever needs. You don't need anything else in this world. Anything else you want to make, you want to, you need to use to make yourself feel better. Anything else you think will help. You don't need anything. You don't need money. You don't need, you know, experiences. You don't need anything else but Jesus. That's all. That's all anybody ever needs. And I pray you get that because you deserve that. You deserve to experience that once in your life. I pray everybody experiences his peace once in their life. It's so gracious. And irreplaceable and priceless and one of a kind. 